Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. People sometimes ask me, hey, Dr. Bean, based on some things I've heard you say, it appears that you are against marriage counseling. No, that's not right. I try to tell people that if you're going to get marriage counseling, you need to know some things about marriage counselors so that if you go get that help, you'll get the right person to help you. So let's talk about marriage counseling. Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. Kimberly actually trained at one point. You were in marriage and family therapy, getting your master's degree before you changed over to pure psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, why did you not finish the MFT degree? Well, because I realized firsthand the frustration that I experienced of having a couple in my office that just continued to stay stuck in their patterns and in their behaviors. And it was difficult to get them to see what to do differently. Whereas on the weekends, I would be working at our workshops, at the Marriage Helper Workshops. And within three days, I would see the amazing turnaround that would happen within within couples in similar situations. And so that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I said, I see the potential of Marriage Helper and what it does for for couples and how effective it is. And so that's when I made my transition to put all of my passion and energy into mm-hmm. helping Marriage Helper grow. So it wasn't that you were anti-marriage counselors. It was like, I have a better direction to go to help couples. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's correct. Now, I will say, just like probably many professions, once you kind of see behind the curtain, yeah. there are parts Wizard of it. Wizard of Oz reference, by the yeah. way. <laughs> there are parts of it that you maybe don't love quite as much, but I think it's like that for everything. Everything. And I do believe that the training and the education that you get as a marriage and family therapist is is very good and it helps you to think in many different types of systems and many different mm-hmm. types of ways of just approaching a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely many different schools of thought that counselors can use as they approach situations. And so I believe all of those things are helpful. But And so it wasn't even that part of the marriage and family therapy degree that kind of took the the luster of it away from me. It was more so of realizing that there were, there were people in my cohort, um, that. In other words, people working with at the same time on the same degree cohort. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, who just weren't necessarily making wise choices in their own marriages. And I couldn't rectify in my mind that these were going to be the people helping other people with their marriages. And, and now that we've been in this profession for a while, we do see that there are many counselors who bring their own bias, even though you're not supposed to, we're all human. Um, there's many counselors who bring their own bias of their own experiences and situations and their own divorce or marriage situations into their counseling setting, which is, um, you know, less than ideal. Yeah. But it's, it's a major premise in psychology that everybody's biased. Mm-hmm, and sure. that our bias can affect our judgment, uh, affect our actions, even if we are not conscious that it's our bias that does that. Yeah. So even we, if we're working people in, in our workshops, whatever, there's always 
potential bias. Mm-hmm. But when you're working with one person that you're trusting to be your guide, mm-hmm. and, and please don't misunderstand, there's some amazingly great marriage counselors out there. Don't understand. Don't misunderstand. Everybody has their bias. Mm-hmm. And so what you want to do, though, is find someone that can be a person to help you both feel good about the relationship. Kimberly, typically what I hear from people when they say, well, we've been in marriage counseling, now we're coming to see you. And, and remember, there are some marriage counselors out there that are awesome. There's actually some that we send people to. Like, you need to go see him or go see her because we think they can really help you with that issue. So don't think we're against them all. What we're against is going to a marriage counselor that has a set agenda. We also think it's not wise to go to a marriage counselor who sees one of you as the client rather than seeing your marriage as the client. Now, I've often told people, Kimberly, see if you agree, if you're going to go for counseling, ask for a few minutes up front on a phone call. And in that phone call, say, well, who would be the client? Is it going to be me, my spouse, or going to be the marriage? And if the the counselor says, what? What do you mean the marriage? They thank you very much and move on. Mm -hmm. Because there are counselors out there who will actually tell you up front, my client's the marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to help you guys split up. Mm -hmm. Because if a person sees one of those two people as being the client, then they can help people go the wrong direction pretty quickly. Why? Well, if they're saying one or one of or the other is the client, mm-hmm. because then what they're trying to do is they're caring more about the feelings and outcome for one person than for the two people coming than for the marriage, the two people coming together. And that's what makes it incredibly difficult. It actually I mean, a lot of counselors, if you don't come and start coming as a couple then they will ethically say, I can't see your marriage as a client. But unfortunately, what several counselors do is when they have, let's just say a wife, if their wife is the one who comes into the counseling office, then as the counselor, what we're taught is our goal is to help them process through their emotions, help them get to a better place, all of those things. And if that's my goal, then I, as the counselor may see based on what the wife tells me, that her husband is leading her to have, you know, negative self-esteem, feeling bad about herself, you know. And so I may begin to ask questions or probe or kind of give some ideas to her because I'm looking out for her well-being that actually isn't for the good of the marriage. And it may not be for the good of her. Well, absolutely. And may not be for the for the good of her. It, I, it's so common now that people will say, well, my counselor recommended that we do a trial separation, even if they're not seeing both people or they recommend that I set these kinds of boundaries or they told me that my spouse may be a narcissist. And those are just things that once a counselor says it, it has weight to it. Mm-hmm. And so the person will likely begin to act on those things when as the counselor, like you we only get one side of the story. The council only gets one side of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and so we can't, uh, that's one of my frustrations with marriage counseling is if you don't really understand and aren't skilled in viewing the marriage as the client, even when the other spouse isn't there, then how are you actually doing things to help the marriage get better? Also realizing there may be some personal things that a, that a, just mm-hmm. the wife does need to go through. But how do you make sure that in your counseling of her, you're not really getting her to think more negatively about her husband, which seems to be based on interactions you've recently had with some researchers to be a growing problem? Yes. Not only 
Well, every counselor has some bias, whoever he or she is, everybody on the planet. But that also means that you have some bias. And so if you go see a marriage counselor by yourself, uh, you're going to tell things from your perspective. And whether you realize it or not, maybe you do, maybe you don't, you're biased in the information that you share and the information that you don't share. (laughs) You're going to leave things out. Okay, so let's say a couple decides then that they want to go see a counselor, a marriage counselor together. And remember, we would recommend that you ask before you ever make the first appointment, will you see the marriage as a client? And as I said a moment ago, if they say, I don't even know what that means, they thank you very much, I'm moving on. Because if you go in there and they think that their job, or the way they're going to focus it is, I'm going to help you get as happy as I can as fast as I can. Now, all kinds of things are going to happen. Uh, we've had people, oh, well, as a matter of fact, I'm remembering a woman right now who said in our very first session, by the time we got to the end, my husband and I, my husband had been telling him how much in love he was with this other woman, how much he wanted to be with her. And so the counselor looked at me and said, I don't need you to come back because in my mind, you're the other woman now. The wife is the other woman because he's in love with the other person. Now, obviously then, that's the client, the guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not the marriage. Right. And what this counselor would do in that situation is, Help that man. As a matter of fact, sometimes they'll even tell you this. I'll help you figure out how to have the, the best the best divorce possible. Right. And then I'll help you with a new relationship. Right. Now, our view is that sometimes divorce is going to occur. And it makes sense. But that if you start with that premise that the easiest way to make people happy is to end the turmoil they're in now and send them on their way, then marriages are all going to split up. <laughs> because every marriage has turmoil. Not every day, but it always has turmoil. And if somebody's saying, oh, well, the easiest way to make you happy is just to move you out. And then, Kimberly, think about the arrogance, this this, uh, trial separation thing. I know. Often it's done like this. Uh, Okay, I want you guys to separate for the next six, nine months, and I'll see each one of you individually, and then I'll tell you when to get back together. Am I wrong? I think that's arrogant. Arrogant's one word for it. Idiotic may be a bit stronger word. I It's definitely not the approach that we would use. And our research says we have quite a higher success rate than marriage counseling. Well, even the research about that, uh, if you separate, then you have just increased the likelihood of the divorce occurring. Absolutely. Because couples who separate thinking I'm going to work on the marriage. Yeah. About 80% of them get divorced. Yeah. And, you know, it's not. It would not be uncalled for. And in fact, something that I would encourage people, yes, do what you said and, and try and see if you can talk to them before, see how they're what they're going to view the marriage as and the client and all of that. But also it's not inappropriate in your first session with a counselor to say, to set your boundaries with the counselor mm-hmm. and to say, you know, if you're there for something specific for cognitive behavioral therapy or for EMDR or something to say, and I'm not interested in in talking about these certain things. I know when I went, I've, I mean, I've had my own fair, my own fair share of bad marriage counseling experiences with someone else as my counselor. And so when I went a couple of years ago to EMDR and she would start trying to ask me about my marriage. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not here to talk to you about my marriage. Like I'm here to talk about other things. And so I would just say to her, like, we're good. What I actually need more help with is, is over here because I knew one of the temptations was going to be to kind of go down that road and start asking me questions in such a way that I may be begin to, to think 
be, to be frustrated in areas I wasn't there to be frustrated about. So things that weren't bothering you exactly start bothering you because they're being probed into. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's and so it's also okay if you're going as a couple to then say we are not interested in separation. Mm-hmm. Or to go in as you can set your ga- your boundaries with your counselor of what you are not okay with and what you don't want to go into, and they should honor that. And so you might even want, if you're going as a couple, to upfront make some things clear to your spouse, like we're not going in there to learn how to hate each other. We're not going in there to learn how to disparage each other. We're going in there to see if we can figure out how to make this thing work. Yeah, or to just uncover the past and talk about everything we have mm -hmm. against each other. But let's just say up front, we're not going in there to learn how to separate. We're going there to see if there's a possibility of how to keep this marriage together. And people sometimes may ask, well, do you think there's ever a case where people should separate? Sure. If somebody's in danger, you have to. Mm -hmm. If if she's afraid he's going to kill her and he's been beating her up, she needs to get out of that house until something can happen. Right. But when you start hearing things from a marriage counselor or any kind of counselor, even your best friend or even your mama, that will say things like, he's no good, she's no good, the only way you'll ever be happy is to kick him to the curb, blah, blah, blah. All of those people are making judgments about what you should do, even if it's your mama, and I know you love her, or at least I expect that you do, that they're now making decisions for your life. Mm-hmm. We don't tell people what to do. Let me give you the basic reason. We don't have to live with the consequences. Whatever decision you make, there will be consequences, good, medium, and bad. And it therefore needs to be your decision, not mine, because I can tell you what to do because I don't have to live with the consequences you do. So, Kimberly, while we do think there's some great marriage counselors out there, and like I said, we refer people to them. Absolutely. It's like every profession on the planet. There are people who are great at it, people who are mediocre, and people who are not good at it all. Mm -hmm. And those people, if you go see them, uh, can help destroy your marriage, even when hope is there. Mm. So, okay. I'm not trying to run people away from marriage counselors. Mm -hmm. We're just saying, use good judgment in finding one. Mm -hmm. So marriage counselors actually come to us for training. And you know that I occasionally, uh, counselors have to have so many continuing education units per year, every two years to keep their licenses. And you know that I've gone to counseling centers and spent a whole day teaching mm-hmm. so that they could get their CEUs. So I'm, we're not against counselors whatsoever. There's some awesome people out there. But while at our workshop, and we've had tons of counselors come to our workshops yeah, who now send people to our workshops. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of exactly what I experienced when I was in my MFT program. There's amazing turnaround that happens in those couples in three days that one counselor told us it would take the equivalent of six to nine months of weekly counseling sessions to get a couple to that place and move that much to move that much. And even then it's, it's a hope and a prayer. Like hopefully they would have made that much movement. Mm -hmm. The group dynamic aspect of our workshop is incredibly powerful because one of the difficult parts that that is just impossible to overcome in marriage counseling is that there's typically one person in that room. If, if it's the husband and wife, there's typically one of them who doesn't want to be there as much as someone else. Sure. And so it can be easy to get defensive or to shut down or, mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, Z. But when you're in a room of 20 other people, 30 other people, whatever, you begin to realize I'm not alone mm-hmm. and this isn't 
directed at me. I am not the problem here. I don't have to become defensive. Right, exactly. Not everything they're saying is about me, where you probably would feel that way in counseling. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. people let their guard down a bit more, which can help them to just soak in the information better and, and have a better experience overall. And so over the three days that we have together, amazing movement can happen because it's a very safe environment. Mm -hmm. Even with what we were just talking about, um, those rules we organically put in, we're not going to tell you to do X, Y, or Z. Your choice. All of these things are your choice, but we're, but we're also not going to encourage any of those things. We're not going to ask questions in such a way that it gets you to think about the negative. We're going to, we, we do a lot of things where we just focus about the positive, the positives mm-hmm. of the past and the positives of the future. And that's just not something that counseling typically does. In fact, there's one part of our workshop when we finally get there, this is like the middle of the third day. And we finally, we get there and we say, this is where counseling starts, but we've had two and a half days to get you to the point of where the counseling mm-hmm. conversations should start mm-hmm. about there. Cause there is in, in the process of saving your marriage and putting it back together, there is a short stint where you do need to look back for a brief period of time, but it's for a reason and you use it for something going forward. And that's part of what we teach in our reconciliation process. Mm-hmm. And just by its very nature, counseling typically is, you know, what are you unhappy about? Now, what are you unhappy about? Mm-hmm. And quite often what happens in those conversations is that you start really putting your spouse down. Let me tell you when he did that. Let me tell you when she did that. And people become defensive. They get hurt. They feel like the counsel takes sides or at the very least, like I'm being, I'm being disrespected here or whatever it might be. Or, or that hour we just spent in there was a man-made hell because it, all we did was hurt the whole hour long by talking about problems. So that's what Kimberly's saying. We believe there is a place where you do that, but we start way earlier than that. Mm-hmm. And then there finally comes a time to do that. And so I'm not putting counselors down. I mean, they've only got a limited number of sessions with you or whatever, because your insurance is only going to pay so much. And, and they have to kind of get into that. But that touches your bias, your spouse's bias, and the counselor's bias. Whereas if you can be in a group of people where we're talking about principles, would, would the folks working for us have bias? Sure, they will. But one of our biases is, Every marriage can be saved. We actually have that bias. Mm-hmm. And that people are good people even if they do bad things. Now, are there some bad people? I'm sure they are. But we start from the premise. Nope. A good person can do some really rotten stuff. And so we're going to treat you like good people. So, Kimberly, how could they find out? I know we're not against your marriage counselor. As a matter of fact, if you have a marriage counselor and you come to one of our three-day workshops, we don't try to take you away from the marriage counselor. We send you back to that marriage counselor. We don't want to do anything unethical. So if they want to know more about the workshop, how can they do that? You can speak with one of our intake specialists. They will have a conversation with you and see which one of our workshops is the best fit or if our workshop is a best fit for you and moving forward. But you can do that by scheduling a time to speak with them by booking a call by going to marriagehelper.com slash apply and then the number three. So it's marriagehelper.com slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y three. So no spacing or dash or no spacing, no dash. You can also get the link in the show notes on YouTube or in the podcast, wherever you're watching or listening to this. And if you're wondering why a three, because that's what the marketing team gave me. (laughs) So it is apply three. (laughs) We hope that you do. We'd love to help. And if you continue to marriage counsel or want to start marriage counseling, as Kimberly said, 
set some standards, set some boundaries when you first go in there. And if they're good people trained well, they can help you. If they start leading in the wrong direction, don't, please don't let that happen. We'll do anything we can to help, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.